Hi there. Welcome to the End Times Guy podcast. It is such an honor to have you joining me on the world's least entertaining podcast. I'm not here to tickle ears. I'm not here to stir emotions. I'm here to just speak the truth. And man, in this dark, dark time we live in, deception swirls everywhere. Falsehood abounds more and more. We need to hold on tight. We need to gather around the word of God, which is light and truth. And we can stand on that and rest secure. Many, many religious leaders are leading people in the wrong direction. They are blind guides and they are all going to fall into a pit. Those blind leaders and the people they lead behind them. And we don't want that. We don't want to follow a person. We want to follow the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 23, Jesus says, call no one father, for you have one father and he is in heaven. Call no one teacher, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers and sisters. And call no one leader, for you have one leader and that is the spirit of God. And man, oh man, that is a relevant, relevant information for you and I to hold on to here and now. Don't follow people. You'll probably be going in the wrong direction Follow the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm a bit pig-headed, to be honest with you. I've always um, kind of had a chip on my shoulder when someone tells me I have to do something. My first uh, response to that is to step back and to question it. Why? Why should I do that? And then I start to look into it myself. Uh, vaccinations are one example of that. A lot of people see the vaccination and that it could be mandatory and they're really accepting of it. And just, well, what else can we do? We better take the vaccine. And I step back and I look at it. I'm very terrified of Moderna and Bill Gates and their work in India and Mexico. Uh, they're, they're very untrustworthy. And there is a lot of monetary motivation in cranking out a vaccine very quickly that will come at $36 a dose and people will require two doses. And when you're selling $72 worth of vaccine per person on a billions of people basis, you're talking an awful lot of money, an awful lot of opportunity, a lot of incentive to get a vaccine of some kind out on the market quickly. And that scares the liver out of me. Worse than that is Bill Gates and Moderna and their little uh, sticker you stick on your hand and it marks you with a tattoo, an invisible tattoo using Luciferase to mark you. You have a mark and if they have their way, you won't be able to buy or sell without this mark because you won't be able to stay at work. You won't be able to travel. You won't be able to do anything because you don't have your identification. You you can't prove that you've been vaccinated and you're safe. Um, it's madness, folks. It's absolute madness, the times we're living in. Um, today, I'm moving on to the second horse that rides out um, in the tribulation period. Jesus has broken the second seal and the second horse begins to ride. And this is the, the red horse. So beginning in Revelation chapter 6, verse 3, when he broke the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come. And another, a red horse went out, and to him who sat on it, it was granted to take peace from the earth, and that men would slay one another, and a great sword was given to him. 
This red horse appears in Zechariah chapter 1. Or am I getting that right? Zechariah. It might have been in chapter 3. I, my memory is terrible. Absolutely terrible. But the, the red horse in Zechariah is riding out, patrolling the earth with the white horses following. And they patrol the earth for the sake of peace. They're there to ensure peace. But here we have the red horse riding out. And the objective of the mission is absolutely the opposite. As it is in its power to bring peace, so it is in its power to take peace away from the earth. As we see here, this red horse and its rider go forth to take peace away from the earth. And I tell you what, I see that with my own eyes all around me right now. We have COVID protests. We have governmental protests and rights, civil rights protests, over a hundred different protests going on right now on the face of the earth. And we know from our, our own experience that the word protest is really being used as a pleasant, uh, a, a nice looking dress to put on a very nasty pig. And I don't care if the pig has a really pretty dress, it's still a pig. And that pig is looting, it's violence, it's ha raw hatred, dark, emotional, raw hatred brewing in the hearts and minds of people. I grew up in a society that was civilized, where even if you didn't like someone, you had the decency to be polite towards them. And where most people you were benevolent towards, unless they gave you a reason not to be. I grew up in a time where you would typically stop and talk to two or three different people on your way down the street. And even the people you didn't know, it was very common for you to nod and say hello. And I'm not that old. Honest, guys. I'm a, a fit, just turned 51. I was born in 69. And when I was growing up in the 70s and early 80s, that's the way life was. In uh, elementary school, we said the Lord's Prayer. Before school started, we sang the national anthem. And that's the way life was. We, we lived in the afterglow of a Christian nation. And those were the fruits of that nation being Christian. And they were good fruits, man. It was a good time to be alive. Uh, most people got along. There was very little drama. Uh, the young people growing up now have no idea what I'm talking about. To them, this just seems really weird. Whoa, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, but more and more, we're going to see that peace, that, that kindness, that easygoing willingness for people to care for one another being taken away from the earth and moving us in the direction of the days of Noah. Jesus said this would come. That we would be living in the days of Noah and the days of Noah are defined by people who are continuously devising evil. Their thoughts are always going into evil and there's violence everywhere. The earth is reeling with violence and that we're, we're not going to see this go away. We're not going to see everything go back to quote unquote normal. The violence is going to continue. And you can call it a protest, but it's not. A lot of it is just an excuse 
for people to go out and express the raw hatred they feel in their hearts. And this is what the, the fruit of this red horse taking peace away from the earth. Hatred will abound more and more. And because of this, the love of most is going to grow cold. Uh, how long are you going to be able to carry about your normal daily activities before someone gets in your face and really attacks you? Whether physically, verbally, um, based on race, based on religion, based on occupation, based it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Hatred uses these things in, as an excuse, but it will find a way to hurt you. And because of this, many people become bitter and withdrawn and angry. And you see, hatred breeds hatred very quickly, like rats. But love, you know, can do the same thing. Unfortunately, there just isn't enough love in the world to combat this. And as a result, love, the little islands of love shrink back and, and diminish and wane and go away as the ocean of hatred grows more and more. Welcome to the end times. But more than that, this rider on the red horse is given a great sword. Now, I don't know why the description is, it's not just a mere sword, but a great sword that it goes forth with. And that's frightening. It tells me that it's a removal of peace and unleashing of hatred and anger and violence on the face of the earth is going to really ramp up. And, you know, it, it warns me that you and I are living in a dangerous and dark time. The biggest challenge that we have right now is that our love doesn't grow cold along with everyone else's. You know, it's going to take the grace of God. We can't do it in our flesh. Your flesh will turn around and, and receive that uh, wounding, that attack, and retaliate with your own hatred, your own hostility, and you in turn will find yourself lashing out and attacking as well. Your flesh will be swept up in this. If you try to walk through this in the flesh, you will be caught up in it. But those who walk in the spirit will be unmovable. Walking in the spirit makes you unmovable by the things of the flesh. If they strike you on the left cheek, you will be able to turn the right cheek to them as well. A uh, tremendous example of this is Betsy Tenboom. When she, if you've read The Hiding Place by Corey Tenboom, their experiences in Nazi occupied Holland and for sheltering Jews, they're brought to a Robin's Book concentration camp. And Betsy Ten Boom is a pillar of love even in that darkness. She fears for the safety of the Nazi pilots, the Luftwaffe, flying over Holland. She fears for the, the salvation of the Nazi guards who are lost, caught up in the hatred of their time, given over to it and walking in darkness. They don't see the darkness that has engulfed them. And... Betsy Tenboom looks on them with compassion. You know, I don't think I could. I, I'm, I'm more like Corey Tenboom. 
I, I look at people like Betsy and I'm mollified. <laughs> but Betsy Ten Boom is a tremendous example to us of what walking in the spirit and walking in love looks like. That we could still have the flame of compassion in our hearts at a time such as this is a remarkable testimony to the validity of our gospel that Jesus Christ is the Lord of hope and the Lord of life and the Lord of love. The challenge is ours and we need to rise up to it. That red horse is riding. You know, there is unrest, civil unrest. Um, and it seems almost to me that the governments around the world are provoking their citizens to unrest uh, in very authoritarian, overreaching, and uh, really cruel treatments of their people. It seems to me like they're, they're as much influenced by the removal of peace as everyone else is. And this tide of darkness is just sweeping across the face of the earth. So stand firm and stand strong in your faith and don't get swept away in it. Keep the flame of love burning in your heart. Love is not a feeling. Love is not self-centered. Love denies self for the sake of others. Can we have the grace of God to endure? God bless and thanks for joining me.